Today I'm going to continue to talk about the radical teachings of Jesus Christ. And Jesus truly was a radical at his time. If you want to define radical, it means seeking to overturn the norms of society at the time. And I won't get into that. That's a whole different concept. But that truly was Jesus' goal, and it could still be our goal today. I'm going to talk about the radical concept that Jesus embraced, and that is that fear, fear is a gift from God. That's right. You heard me. Fear is a gift from God. You know, fear can be produced by a lot of different things. It can even be created by simply riding a horse. Now, I know there are a lot of horse people out here. I'm not one of them. But you can get a scary time on a horse. A minister had a fear of horses, and a fellow minister wanted, wanted to help him enjoy that opportunity. So he trained a horse to go when he said, Praise the Lord, and to stop when he said, Amen. The scared minister reluctantly got on the horse and practiced instructing it to go and when to stop using those words. One day, he somewhat reluctantly, but still he was getting it now, got on the horse and said, Praise the Lord, and went for a ride into the nearby mountains. When he wanted to stop for lunch by a mountain stream, he said, Amen, horse stopped. Then he decided to go on, so he said, Praise the Lord. And the horse started going again. However, the horse started heading towards the edge of a cliff on a narrow mountain trail. That's all the preacher needed. He started freaking out, got scared, and said, Whoa! Of course, it had no effect on the horse. And he kept going towards that cliff. And then finally the minister remembered and he said, Amen! 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 And the horse stopped. And he was really shaken. He was, he, he was deeply upset, but he also was so relieved that the horse stopped. And he finally thought, and he said, Praise the Lord! <laughs> I won't tell you what happened after that. <laughs> it can be said that there are two types of fear. The first is what I call simple fear. Our lives and the society in which we live are based upon simple fear. A good example is all of the simple fears we have when we drive a car. We stop at a red light because of the fear, A, we might get caught, and B, we might cause an accident. We stay on our right side of that little yellow line that divides us from disaster because we are afraid if we cross it, it would be a disaster. We keep the headlights and the taillights on our cars functioning so that other cars will see us at night and we won't get in an accident. There are other areas of life where simple fear plays a very important role in the lives we live, actually in ordered society. We obey our parents, well, at least most of the time, because of the wisdom and life lessons they can provide us and the fear of punishment if we don't. 
We obey people in authority, such as policemen, teachers, bosses, coaches, because of the fear of the consequences if we don't obey them. This simple kind of fear has existed among humans since humans began, and it has kept us safe from all kinds of harm. We can be thankful for simple fear, basically, because in many instances it has saved our lives. However, there is a second, much different kind of fear. That fear can attack us and really render us useless and render us unable to function. I will call this fear complex fear. It can, it can paralyze us. It can keep us from realizing the potential that God has given to each and every one of us. Fear ha- this complex fear has many different names, anxiety, intense worry, catastrophic thinking, etc., etc. There are many drug companies on the market addressing complex fear and making millions and probably billions generated by that type of fear. Today's scriptural passages deal with this type of complex fear. The first scriptural passage for today, read by Melanie, deals with an event which I have some personal experience. No, I have yet to calm the wind or calm the seas. I'm working on it, but I haven't done it yet. But I have actually been in many similar situations that the disciples found themselves in. I'll set the scene for you. Jesus and his disciples had a long day. They've been teaching a crowd so large that Jesus had to anchor a boat offshore to be able to teach all the people that wanted to hear him. At the end of the day, he called his disciples and said, let's take the boat across to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. It's actually a lake, but it's also a really big, big, big lake. We actually know quite a bit about the boat that they were using. In 1986, there was significant drought in Galilee, and the sea level dropped dramatically. One day, two brothers were walking around the, along the sea, and one stumbled over a piece of wood that was sticking out of the sand. To make a very long and interesting story short, what he actually tipped over was a piece of the fishing boat that was used around 40 B.C., plus or minus 80 years by carbon data. That was the time that Jesus' story takes place. That was the time that the fishermen that Jesus made disciples were fishing on the Sea of Galilee. It's now housed in a museum. The boat is now housed in a museum, the northern northern coast of the Sea of Galilee. You can actually go see it. It's more or less whole. It was in such a boat that Jesus and his disciples set out to cross the Sea of Galilee at night. Now, some of his disciples, as we know, were fishermen, so that was no problem across the sea at night. Suddenly, a great windstorm came up. I'm going to throw out something. I'd say a bitch was blowing 40 to 50 knots. Such a storm was not unusual because of the Sea of Galilee is based at the range of a mountains called the Golan Heights. 
which we all came to know during the wars with Israel and Syria, etc. These mountains make big, huge downdrafts and updrafts because they've got valleys and they've got crags and so forth and so on. And very, very strong winds come down from those mountains. However, the storm described by Mark was far stronger and more dangerous than usual. It produced such high waves that they were literally breaking into the boat and flooding it. Now, bear in mind, at that time there were no such things as pumps or cell phones or sat phones or marine phones. There was nothing. So they were out there in the middle of nowhere, basically sinking. The wind was howling, it was such, and it was pitch dark because no candle could exist in those kinds of conditions. It would stay lit. And even if there was a light, they couldn't see because the wind was blowing the waves vertically and right into their eyes. I felt that, that stings, salt water and even fresh water stings the eyes. They knew that if the boat sank, they were gone. They would die. They couldn't survive. It's hard to imagine, then, the anxiety and sheer terror that the disciples felt at that time. Their reaction to the storm was one of complex fear. They obviously did not have the inner strength and ability to deal with the storm on their own. They needed help. So what did they do? The storm literally drove them to Jesus Christ. Literally drove them to Jesus Christ. The scripture passage tells us that the demeanor was the direct opposite of the disciples that Jesus was showing. Instead of being frantic with complex fear and thinking he was about to die, Jesus was sound asleep. Sound asleep in the boat. When the disciples awakened him, Jesus uttered the word, words, Peace, be still. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And the waves disappeared. And there was dead calm on the Sea of Galilee. So what is the gift that came from the intense fear of the disciples? It is that that fear literally drove them to Jesus Christ, and a greater appreciation of the power and the strength he could bring into their lives, and in fact did so. That is the radical gift that Jesus is offering us today, here, now, right now. When complex fear grabs us and whips us around like we are tossed in a storm, the strong arms of Jesus are always there to wrap around us and to hold us and to give us peace and the power to deal with whatever storm we may be in. Now I'm sure that most of you will never experience a storm at sea like the disciples did. But we are certainly confronted with 
many equally strong storms in the lives we lead. Those storms may fall into two main categories. The first are natural storms or events, like the big one that we are all anticipating coming one day, the big earthquake. The second type of storm we experience are emotional storms that can be brought upon us in the living of our daily lives. It's incapacitating injury that we may have suffered that will definitely change our lives dramatically. The sudden and unexpected death of a loved one. The call from the doctor that says the tests that were done revealed that we do in fact have a deadly disease. The increasing limitations, pain, and resulting frustrations that the process of aging brings upon us. The threat of international terrorism or war and the devastation that broke bring not only to countries out there, but within our borders. Now, all of these types of storms can bring complex fear that becomes the focus, the sole focus of our existence. Instead of dealing with the effects of the storm swirling all around us, we cower down, we hunker down, and we try to hide from those effects. And it is precisely at those times that we are driven to God by Jesus Christ. That is the radical gift that is given to each and every one of us. If we are open to it, if we see it through that gift, fear becomes a positive, believe it or not. Fear becomes a positive. Fear becomes a positive driving force to us to understand and then rely upon the presence of Jesus Christ and our lives, in our lives and the calm and the peace that it will bring. That presence gives us power. It gives us strength. It gives us endurance. The Apostle Paul expresses this fact in our second scriptural passage for today in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 through 9, wherein he states, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we go, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's important to remember that God has never promised us life without natural or emotional storms. There is an old saying, you are either in a storm, just coming 
out of a storm or headed into a storm. Psalm 23.4 states, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you, you God, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The darkest valley refers to an emotional storm that the psalmist was obviously going through. One of my favorite biblical passages, as it is for Melanie, I stole it from her actually, uh, is how we look at and deal with the storms of life. And it comes from the Apostle Paul at Romans 5, 3 through 5. We also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. It is true. We have never been promised a life without natural or emotional storms. But what we have been promised, what we have been promised, is that if we approach those storms with faith in the presence, power, and strength of Jesus Christ, then we will be able to endure any storm that comes our way. In fact, we'll become stronger through that endurance, and we will come closer to God. To illustrate what I'm talking about, I'm going to ask you all a question. When have we made our most strident, emotional, and intense prayers to God? We've all done it. What was going on when we made those kinds of prayers? I think there's a high probability that we were in the midst of a storm of life experiencing complex fear when we pray to prayer with that intensity. Our most profound and intimate experiences of worship will likely be on our darkest days, when the storm is raging, when our heart is broken, when we feel abandoned, when we're out of options, when the pain is so great we can't think or move properly. Now, in those times, if we truly look at what is happening to us, first, we can see that the storms of life have created complex fear within us. Second, we can quickly learn we don't have the ability to deal with that storm. Third, just as the disciples did in our first scriptural passage, we are pushed we are pulled. We are driven closer to God. When we let the God-given gift of fear drive us to God and to affirm faith in God through the life, ministry, and teachings of Jesus Christ, the storms of life will not be eliminated, but they can be effectively dealt with. As a result of that push 
as a result of that pull, as a, as a result of that being driven, not only will we, be, will we be closer to God, but we will be stronger and better able to deal with the next storm and the next and the next and the next because they are coming. Are any of us experiencing complex fear today, right now? This is not a theoretical question. Many of us have, are, or will experience such fear. I certainly have. But listen to the fear. Listen to what the fear is telling us. Jesus is telling us, listen to the fear. It is directing us to God. It is sending us to God. It is pushing us to God. To a power that is far greater than ourselves. When it gets to the point where we say, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. The fear is pushing us towards that power. It's there. It's waiting. It's pushing us to that strength. It's there. It's waiting. It's pushing us to that endurance. It is also there and also waiting. We'll see something we've never seen before. It is pushing us to the power, the strength, and the endurance of Jesus Christ, who can bring us through any storm of life. Not only bring us through the storm, but to make us stronger because of it. Folks, that, that is truly a magnificent gift that we all have or can receive and for which we should be extremely thankful. Not just today. Not just tomorrow. Not next month. Not just next year, but for the rest of our lives and far beyond. Fear is a gift from God. And let it be so. Amen.